This week's podcast brought to you by Niblets and Giblets. The past couple of days when we've been driving to school, we have a small dry erase whiteboard in the car with a dry erase marker. And when we've left the house, um, we have the three parts of a snowman drawn on the whiteboard and each kid gets to fill in one of those parts. And so yesterday, our youngest did the snowman's face and she gave him braces, glasses, and elf ears. And today she did the very bottom of the snowman. And when the snowman was complete, she held it up in the rearview mirror and uh, she said, mom, look. And next to the snowman, there was a stick figure person. And on the snowman's bottom was written Merry Christmas. And she said, the guy next to the snowman is the tattoo artist. And he just tattooed Merry Christmas on the snowman's bottom. Says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. If only we could have wished each other a happy Thanksgiving before we set up these microphones. Yeah, but it's still, as we record this, a couple days until Thanksgiving. Um, but I'm excited about Thanksgiving. Um, I'm eager for Thanksgiving to get here. I hope everyone either has a great Thanksgiving or had a great Thanksgiving, depending on when they're listening to this. I like to picture them sitting around the Thanksgiving table listening to this with their belts loosened, uh, perhaps a football game on mute. And the podcast blasting through like 1970s wood paneled speakers that are, you know, four feet high. What is what do you think is the chances that that is on happening a, in one home? And, and not only that, but but the podcast is being played on a vinyl LP on a front <laughs> table. <laughs> right. Yeah. The chances are 100 percent that it's happening in zero homes. Right. Exactly. I had an interesting morning, uh, by the way. This is not non Thanksgiving. Why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell, uh, me? Why don't you tell everyone about your Were we finished morning? with Thanksgiving? Or should we talk about our Thanksgiving next week when we've actually had it? Yeah, why don't we do that? Instead, okay. let's talk about your interesting morning. Well, I mean, it wasn't interesting, but it was a morning for sure. I was running Didn't errands. Did you describe it as interesting? Yeah, I, I did, okay. but I was overselling it. Okay. Um, I went to pick up dry, cl- I went to drop off dry cleaning, I should say. And I was passing you on the street. One of those rare moments where two cars pass. It was a metaphor for our marriage. We were two ships passing in the night, but really two Japanese-made automobiles passing in the daytime. Right. And I mentioned that I was going to the dry cleaners, which is quite a haul away from where we are. For reasons unbeknownst to me, we use a dry cleaner that's 25 minutes from our house. Because it's really good, and there's more reasons, but I'll see okay. if I need to get but into them. But that is a New England thing, where if you went to that dry cleaner 25 years ago, you go to that dry cleaner for the rest of your life. But that's not the story. You, you said, I said I was going to drop off some shirts at the dry cleaner. You said, oh, I've got a lot of dry cleaning to pick up, at least $100 worth. Right. It turned out to be $166 worth, but who's counting? And that's the other reason we go to that particular dry cleaner, because I was getting alterations done. And when, sometimes when I buy things, in this, in this case, they were um, pantsuits, jumpers, 
I need to have the hem taken down so they're long enough. And that's why it was so pricey. Okay. And that's why we go to this particular dry cleaner because they do a really good job well, with that. Uh, apart from the uh, the $166 dry cleaning bill, which, I, which I did was tell you it was eye opening. expensive. It, it yeah. was eye-watering. <laughs> uh, but they do have a little candy dish there where you can take small candies as, a, as compensation. Um, the woman, and it's interesting you say you had these dresses lengthened. Because jumpers. Jumpers lengthened because they were in their dry cleaning bags on hangers they were maybe if not twice a good 75 percent taller than the woman bringing them out so she (laughs) had to essentially be on her tiptoes with her arms raised as high as she could over her head to not have them drag on the floor even though they were in bags that's some serious shoulder strength because i think there were six of them and they were relatively heavy fabrics and well done by her and so they have these uh little posts to hang them on that that are just tall enough for those dresses to hang without dragging on the ground although i'm not sure even so i helped her get them on the hook while i paid the bill but what amused me apart from the contortions that she had to go through to get the your, your lengthened dresses um, out to me was the very clear, non-judgmental assumption that they were mine. <laughs> you think they'd have been a perfect? She fit? believed the bright red jumper, no question about it, sleeveless wrap around the neck jumper, one hundred percent was yours. Absolutely. Well, if she she and, and, you know she she had a look on her face that said, "Of course, they couldn't be a woman because what woman wears that of size course, of clothing?" Of course, but <laughs> what man wears that size of clothing? This man. <laughs> so she was she was dressing me with her eyes, as frequently <laughs> happens, and uh, it was a perfect fit. Oh, that's perfect. Do you think she thinks like on the weekend you're at the cabaret? Singing with a wig on and just wearing women's clothes, or one hundred percent. And and I think it brightened her day. I think she was pleased by that that notion. This bald, bespectacled old man <laughs> in the canary yellow jumper on the weekends. None of them are canary yellow, but um, two of them were a bright red, which would uh, which would be spectacular on you. So I am um, I'm sorry that I missed that. But of course, if I was there. It never would have happened because she would have known they were for me. Exactly. Um, and, and, I, and I made an effort not to say any kind of absurd, stammering, like, well, my wife will be pleased to get her jumpers back. I mean, it, it, first of all, it would have rung completely hollow. And secondly, what, what, why would I say that in the first place? Right. And besides, who cares? Exactly. That's why I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed the, um, the interchange there. Um, well, you should have seen it when I, brought the, when I brought them in a couple of weeks ago. Because most of them still had their tags on them, and they, the one seamstress looked at me a little bit like I was crazy that I, you know, wanted to get the hem out. She said they're brand new. I said yes, they're brand new. I got them on sale, and now I'm going to get them back to their retail price by having you give me as much length in the uh, inseam as you possibly can. And my plan is to have my husband pick them up. He will pay for the alterations, and he will be the one. Your but that's why I gave you the heads up. I knew it was going to be a much more expensive dry cleaning bill than usual. Um, but I alerted you to that fact. The other thing with, with your dry cleaning, your lengthened dresses, is you can't hang they're them in the dresses, car. They're not dresses. They're jumpers. There's a huge difference. Like a dress, 
for people to really picture this because a dress would normally go to your knee maybe so that's not that long these jumpers go obviously from my neck or my shoulders all the way down to my heels so this was a true six foot four inch i guess maybe six feet of fabric that was hanging from these hangers i mean they really that was lengthy fabric do you remember when a long jumper meant like a 17 footer for you (laughs) a long i i was proficient out to three sir so a long jumper would have been like 24 feet well i think you're a long jumper that I just picked up was about that because when I tried to put it in the car, you can't hang it, obviously. Right. And I tried to lay it across the seats. It was too long to extend across the back seats. And, of course, it's in that slippery dry cleaning bag that slides all over the place when you make any kind of a turn. And I thought I'm going to have to rent an extended bed pickup truck to get these things back, <laughs> back home. home. Well, this this is how my, my wardrobe will be will be decided this year when I'm calling games is that if I am at home, if I am going to Bristol to be in studio, or if I'm calling a Yukon game, I will wear a jumper. But if I am on the road, I will most likely wear a dress because those fit so much easier into my rolly bag suitcase. The jumper would have to be folded over like three or four times and take up the whole thing. Well, I hope our listeners do me a favor. And if you're ever in studio, like working at the video screen where you're in a full body shot yeah wearing one of your construction orange jumpers or whatever whatever color it may be none of them are construction orange i want those viewers to picture me wearing it ideally and then and that will put you in the state of mind that the uh, woman at the cleaners was in. ideally they take a screenshot of me head to toe and then just photoshop your face on the jumper and put some hairy arms (laughs) in the jumper and uh that would be delightful i think for all of us When you and I were two Japanese automobiles passing in the daytime, I was just coming back from picking up some of the necessities for Thanksgiving. And um, normally I like to make some homemade pies, but I don't know if I'm going to have time to do that this year. So I went to this great orchard, or I guess it's more of a farm nearby, picked up a couple pies, picked up some some quick breads that we can have the day the morning after Thanksgiving like I felt really good I had a car full of homemade albeit not all by me things uh, for Thanksgiving I got the turkey yesterday I'm sorry I I just can I can I examine that subordinate clause there homemade comma albeit not made by me comma things Foodstuffs. Foodstuffs. Yeah, some pies, some breads. Is is the plural of foodstuff foodstuffs, or is it just more foodstuff? I don't stuff, know. Stuff is not a You can't pluralize stuff. Well, stuff is is everything, right? Unless it's, unless it's a verb. And with this these particular food things, maybe they are foodstuffs. I, I think, I, well. It's on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Everyone's stuff. stuffing themselves. Right, so. with stuffing. Right. Speaking of stuffing, what what is... What are giblets? Giblets are the the innards of the turkey. It's the liver and all that stuff. So you remove the giblets. That most people throw away, but many, I shouldn't say most, that some people throw away and some use and eat. I don't know if they use it in their gravy. I don't know what they use the giblets for. I take that bag out of the gizzard and throw it right away. And niblets are just corn off yes. the cob? Well, in other people's homes, yes, that's yes. what niblets and giblets are. Well, yes, I in our home, but uh, 
so giblets, niblets, and gizzard. We've yeah. used all those words in a Thanksgiving context, and you don't really get to use them the rest of the year. Certainly, uh, giblets and you gizzard. You could probably force them into a conversation, but no, giblets and gizzard don't uh, don't really come up in a lot of other. Unless you're you're getting bad legal advice from the law firm of giblets and gizzard. Niblets, giblets, and gizzard. Yes, it's a, it's a uh, rural law firm. By the way, did I ever mention the rural Tennessee lawyer named Sue Hicks, the prime example of nominal determinism, where your name ah. decides your occupation? No relation to Sue Wicks. No, but I had never thought of that. Sue Hicks. Sue Wicks, if she hadn't been a professional basketball player, could an have been farmer. an attorney specializing in candlemaker litigation. There's a uh, big market for that, I understand. There, there isn't until your hair goes up in flames by a faulty candle. This is my life for anyone listening. This, these are the kind of things Steve says all day long. I got an email recently from, um, I think it's the Warner Theater. It's one of the smaller theaters or uh, concert halls in, in this part of Connecticut. And, um, and I loved it. And I'm, I'm going to read uh, read verbatim from this email and anyway it was letting me know that melissa etheridge was coming to this theater and that her concert tickets were going to be going on sale and this is this is what it said etheridge will be performing a variety of fan favorites but also will perform songs from her latest album the medicine show so i just love that they don't lead with you know the medicine show tour melissa etheridge's new album it's apologetic What's that? It's almost a, it's almost like a legal disclaimer. Right, like, right, right. Like, don't get too upset. Yeah. She will be performing a variety of fan favorites, but also will perform songs from her latest album. And, 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 and her latest album is The Medicine Show. Like, you have to take your medicine, the new songs. Right, if you want to hear the fan favorites. I just loved it because, of course, anytime a person who has uh, a ton of hits goes on tour because they have a new album, most people are there to listen to the hits. But, of course, the performer is probably tired of playing those hits and is eager to play the new songs. Um, but uh, I don't think most of them are quite as honest as uh, as Melissa Etheridge, at least, or whoever uh, sent out the email. Well, while we're speaking of musicians, um, I think it was two days ago, our 14-year-old, who loves Queen, said in the car, Dad, Freddie Mercury died today. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, replied, Again? And she said, you know what I mean. And, of course, I didn't know what she meant. Well, but in this, we were actually all, the whole family was in the minivan. We were coming home from church when she said that. It was the anniversary and, of his death. Yes. But, like, t- I was proud because all of our kids laughed when you said, again. And, and, uh, uh, Even the sh- littler ones. They, it, they understood that that was funny. And they also understood that Freddie Mercury had already passed away, and they understood who he was. And our same daughter, told me that um, she likes music of the 70s and 80s as well as contemporary music. She's more into 2019, as she should be, than she is into the 70s. But she loves the 70s she, and 80s. And but today, she also loves music. This is our absolutely. daughter who was, you know, was excited about watching the American Music Awards. She is listening to music all the time. And, loves music. and today, she had uh, it was 90s day at school, so she could dress as a 90s kid. And so all the way to school, she had a 90s playlist that had um, There She Goes by The Laws. And she said, I feel like this song is in place at the start of like every 90s movie. And I said, you're absolutely right, it does. 
as I say, she loved 70s and 80s music and said not long ago at school, she had mentioned Freddie Mercury and somebody at school said, who is Freddie Mercury? And another high school sophomore sighed and said, of the Beatles. And and I just, I, I love that. I love that she knows who Freddie Mercury is and also loves the Beatles, that um, the other kids are vaguely aware of of uh, Freddie Mercury and the Beatles, and that um, that music is still relevant to 14-year-olds. Which reminds me, while we're speaking of music, our youngest was going through pictures on my phone in the car the other day, and she held up the phone in the rearview mirror and said, who's this with mom? And I looked and I said, that's Stephen Van Zandt, little Stephen, from Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. There's a photo that was taken in the late 90s, probably. Yeah. He was in a bandana. You were He's always in a bandana. Like you may have uh, had a cocktail or two. And uh, our youngest said, well, he doesn't look very happy to see mom. He's very serious in that photo. He's very photo. serious in that photo. And I said, well, what? how does he look? And she said... He looks like a pirate. <laughs> and she's completely right on both accounts. He did not look happy to be taking a picture of me. And he certainly did look like a pirate. And yes, I will absolutely post this picture on our Instagram at Ball and Chain Podcast. And just one more recovered memory from the car. Last night, I was driving her to basketball and she was drinking deeply from her water bottle, more likely her sibling's water bottle. And I know she didn't have any water when she came out of basketball an hour and a half later. So complaining about it, I think it's because she drank most of it on the way to basketball. But she was drinking, doing one of those gulping and then doing the. Right. And I said in the dark, I couldn't see what was going on in the, in the backseat there. I said, what are you doing? And there was a pause because I could tell she was guzzling water. And when she came up for air, she said, and I quote, oh, Licking my water mustache. <laughs> she said, I know it's probably invisible, but I don't want it to be dripping during basketball. <laughs> licking her water mustache. <laughs> That's what she was doing. Oh, meanwhile, I, I was coaching an eighth grade team last night, and um, I, I could tell that a bunch of kids, or a couple of the kids, had brought bottles of Gatorade with them that when they had their water break were drinking from those bottles because when they'd come back on the court, they would have their little Gatorade mustache, whether it was purple or blue or whatever. Uh, anyway, they, they, they need to learn how to lick their Gatorade mustaches. Well, I mean, I may as well just uh, dispense with our other exchanges of the week. She came out of Mass on Sunday and said she had had a children's bible with her i must might add to distract her from the actual mass right and said birkenstocks remind me of jesus shoes (laughs) yes she did say that and and i just like the notion of jesus shoes as some kind of a metaphorical something i don't know what right young man get your jesus shoes on it's time to go it's time to go yes (laughs) don't make me go upside your backside with my Jesus shoes. Oh, and she also asked me if she could sit in the front seat while we were parked idling, waiting for uh, 
pick up one of one of our one of her siblings and um and I said she could so she climbed over the center console and got in the shotgun seat and then she looked at me and said can I try the butt warmer <laughs> did you let her of course well of co- that's that's her existence she is not yet old enough to ride in the front seat so in, even if she's the only kid in the car she has to go in the back and and that's that's the big difference now between the front seats and the back seats is the back seats do not have the lovely seat warmer or a butt warmer or or that a friend of the podcast and uh, past guest Sam Farmer tweeted something yesterday that I that I uh, enjoyed. He's at LA Times Farmer, I think is his Twitter handle. I think so. You can find him. Sam tweeted uh, the flight attendant on his flight. Quote: If you are wearing a backpack, please do not turn around and bag slap other passengers in the face. Bag slap, one word, of course. Mm-hmm. Sam wrote: If you are going to bag slap, however, please have the courtesy to wait for me to be seated so I can watch. I think every flight I've been on in the last six months, I've seen multiple inci- instances of bag slapping. People bag slap with impunity. Yeah, they don't care. Both uh, straps strapped on. About uh, a foot and a half of, of backpack girth. I'm talking from, I'm talking uh, depth-wise. Right. And uh, any turn in that thing, and you're going to take out at least a couple of passengers. There needs to be a handbook, especially, you know, for first-time flyers. This is, like, good, solid airport and airplane etiquette, and this, these are bad airplane manners. could be for kids. You know, you could have an illustrated version. Maybe it's a coloring book. You know, they, they show good people with their shoes on, bad people with their socks off. Like, you could do a whole thing with this, trying to teach the young passengers. Hair spreading, I had that last week. Hair spreading. You had Bag that slapping, hair spreading. Yeah. All of this could go in there. I think um, I think a creative soul that's listening to this podcast should put together a, a kid's um, coloring book, teaching them the do's and don'ts of airline travel. Well, you have gizzards to remove and giblets to prepare, so let's, let's get uh, to viewer mail. We have a bit of a backlog from uh, previous week to this week. So um, why don't we get to it pronto, shall we? It's time to get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Uh, Brian wrote uh, previous week, what do we really know about Denny with one N, producer Denny Gallagher with one N? And then he enclosed a um, an internet article Eight side hustles that are actually scams. Is Denny scamming us? And those side hustles include mystery shopper, multi-level marketing company, envelope stuffing, copy editing and writing, paid online surveys, and medical billing and coding, and also like driving for uh, car services. So I don't think he means that these are scams. I think if you're if if you are solicited to enter one of these professions online, somebody is most likely scamming you. So Denny may be scamming us by urging us to do a podcast. Maybe. We'll have to uh, confront young Denny about that. Well, this comes in uh, to Ball and Chain Podcast. I'm sorry, ballandchainpod at gmail.com. I'm kind of losing my mind uh, this week. This is uh, from, oh, from Jim, our Canadian resident, resident Canadian, as distinct from our resident Canadian who lives in the United States. Right. Because we have that as well. 
Hi, Steve. Just finished a book I think you would like, The Best Laid Plans by Terry Falls. It features many puns, and the two primary characters are university professors who frequently correct other people's grammar. Mm. And speaking of that, we have a uh, viewer mail from Sandy in uh, who sends a picture from United Market in San Anselmo, California, and the it says, uh, they got it right. Your kind of store, Steve. Express Lane, 12 items or fewer. I believe someone recently also sent us uh, an email, and they went to our local grocery store, and I think they have changed their sign to 12 items or fewer. Have you read the book that was recommended? I have not, but I will look it up. The Best and, Laid um, Plans by Terry Falls. Fallis, I'm sorry, F-A-L-L-I-S. How are we coming with um, the poetry reading on the podcast? Oh, I've, got to, I've got to start. Next time, next time I'll, I'll bring some poetry that's okay. not Nipsey Russell. But um, G- Jim, our Canadian resident, resident Canadian, has a guest idea. If you disagree, you may not want to read this part of the podcast. Guest idea, Shea Serrano. You are both writers, and he's a huge supporter of women's basketball. Maybe as a guest before the NCAA tournament. Note, he will want to talk Oregon Ducks. He's your pal, right, Rebecca? Um, I know Shay. We follow one another on Twitter, and I've uh, I've talked to Shay because he has become a big women's basketball fan in the WNBA. He's a huge Vegas Aces fan, college. He's a Sabrina Ionescu, an Oregon Ducks fan, and um, yeah, he's he's become a good voice for um, for women's basketball, especially on Twitter. He also has a a book out now, so um, so we should we should have Shay on the podcast. I think that's a terrific idea. Uh, this comes in from Alex, and I can't tell you, at least at least 40 people have sent me this, um, so I'll dispense with it here. Dear Stephen Rebecca, obviously Steve has chronicled many of his own questionable adventures involving White Castle, but I need to share an unbelievable White Castle brawl story that I read last week, and it's about these three judges in Indianapolis attending a Indiana statewide. Right, I think you mentioned Did this I mention last that? week okay, on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, crazy story. If you didn't see it, look it up. Uh, NPR, three Indiana judges suspended after White Castle brawl that ended in gunshots. But what I enjoy here is um, Alex adding, Steve, I'm still enjoying Halloween candy. Just curious, on your grammar correction scale, how much does this bother you? Almond Joy's got nuts. <laughs> Mounds don't. I'd never even thought about it at grammatically um but uh it's pretty spectacular almond joys got nuts mounds don't <laughs> i don't even know where to begin with that congratulations on 100 podcasts we appreciate your entertainment and views on real life alex with one x in saint paul thank you alex i'm going to diagram that sentence almond joys got nuts mounds don't and get back to you i've got one here from lauren lauren says hi my dad is a big fan and regularly writes into you guys whenever you mention anything he sent in he'll play it for my family and me my family and I. I was wondering if you could, what would it be, my family and I? Plays it for my family and me. Okay. Plays it for me not, as opposed to plays it for I. Okay. I was wondering if you would correct my grammar on your podcast. Is that where this letter is going? No, oh, I'm okay. sure she appreciates me correcting her grammar, though. Um, she says, I was wondering if you could wish him a happy birthday. He's, <laughs> this is my favorite part. He's turning old on the 24th, and it would be cool if you could just mention it. His name is Brian. So Brian, On the 24th of November? I'm not sure. This came in on the 23rd of November, so I'm guessing it's the 24th of December. And perhaps. And, and what's his name? Brian. Brian. So happy birthday, Brian. I'm glad you're turning old because the alternative is no good. And uh, thank you, Lauren, for writing in and um, not minding that I corrected your grammar and uh, wishing your father a happy old birthday. Happy birthday, Brian. You've raised a wonderful daughter, and I I apologize for correcting her grammar. I don't. (laughs) 
But what a nice gesture. I hope someday my kids will think of me in that way. Absolutely. They already think of me as old. I mean, think of me as a, uh, on my birthday. Uh, our Hollywood correspondent, Jeff in Connecticut. Jeff in Windsor? Jeff in Windsor was, of course, our Hollywood correspondent, geographically as far as possible from Hollywood, but he spends so much time there and has so much experience there, uh, witnessed this. Steve and Rebecca, I had no idea Rebecca was on Mad About You. I worked with Paul Reiser, too. He's worked with everybody. He worked with Morris the Cat. He, uh, he, and now he's worked with Paul Reiser, too. We did a ton of AT&T commercials with him back in the day. Here's a link to one of them. He encloses a, a YouTube link to a um, to a uh, AT&T commercial. Uh, looks like uh, 90s vintage. As I recall, the woman in this spot, writes Jeff, is Moon Zappa. Moon Unit Zappa. Mm-hmm. Frank Zappa's daughter. Dweezil's sister. I hope your experience with Paul Reiser was a good one. He was great with us, friendly, funny, and collaborative. In other news, I'm 70 pages in tonight's White in White Castle. Loving it. Thank you, Jeff. Congrats on 100 episodes. When I was on that one episode of Mad About You, Paul Reiser was wonderful. Helen Hunt was terrific. It was just a really, really fun way to spend a couple of days. Well, this one's for you, Rebecca, but I'll read it. Hello, R&S. Surely I can't be the only listener interested in what recipes Rebecca is cooking up this slow cooker season, or as I like to call it. The melting, season of melting season meats. Of melting and that, meats. that, in fact, is her header on her email. What is the point of having an Instagram if you don't post pictures of your food? I would love to know more about the bourbon chicken recipe that you mentioned in episode 102. You're laughing. And in exchange, here's one of my favorites from the great cookbook, Not Your Mother's Slow Cooker Cookbook. Do you have that cookbook? I may have. Your sister may have given that to me. Also, your bacon-safe discussion came to me while I found myself hiding my special stash of chocolate Cadbury mini-eggs purchased just after Easter and doled out slowly over the course of the year inside a box of instant oatmeal packets that I know the rest of the family will not touch. I'd love to hear from other listeners of their best hiding places, assuming they can share them without blowing their covers. Cheers, Tina in Seattle. That's That's a a great great idea. Our kids actually like instant oatmeal, so we wouldn't be able to put it in in there. But, um, for example, you did, as one of the three things you got me for my birthday, you got me dark chocolates that I love from Munson's, but I haven't been eating a lot of chocolates, but um, the chocolates are almost gone because you and the kids enjoyed them. You and but I have been on a on a no refined sugar kick, and as a result, you've eaten no refined sugar, and I've forgotten and eaten did you a handful of M&Ms out of a wall dispenser did you at have a golf course, which was delicious, and then today at the dry cleaner, I, I picked up a, a fun-sized crackle and ate it. Yeah, I was going to ask you when you mentioned earlier that they had the candies at the dry clear, and I knew you were going to you would forget. I mean, in it, both places there were free candies on a, on a wall, right. and and uh, I mean, of course I'm better gonna, than that. Pardon? Um, I mean, if you're free gonna indulge, why not? Get exactly, free candies absolutely. Out of the wall. By the way, I love- in Seattle, if I just before I forget this, okay. enclose the recipe, and I'll, I'll I'll give it to you: Moroccan chicken thighs. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Doesn't it sound good? And it also was my nickname in high school. <laughs> Oh, good heavens. Um, but no, I love that idea. If people want to send us their best food hiding places, if you get that special treat, it's obviously harder if it needs to be refrigerated or frozen. But even if it's chocolate or something and you want to keep it away from maybe your kids, maybe your husband, what are the best places to hide those things? Tina's was idea. packets of instant oatmeal. Yes. Our kids would find those instantly. No right, pun intended. Said, because because they, they, absolutely. Do you listen to anything I say? Uh, did you actually say that? I, 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 honest I to God, I didn't hear it. That. I said it wouldn't work for us because our kids like and eat instant oatmeal. Oh, my oatmeal. goodness. Did you really say that? I did. Like okay. within the I was last preoccupied. Months, you, do, you do not. I was preoccupied organizing the next viewer oh, mails. I was getting them. Loaded up here because 
on the food theme, and, this being and, Thanksgiving and, and you week. Didn't even, but it's not just me you're not listening to. You're also not listening to yourself because when you brought up the, the, the White Castle brawl, that's something we talked about last week on the podcast. You, not, and you brought it up. Of course I'm not listening to myself. That, okay, that, well, that, that shows you that it's not that, personal. But you need, to, you need to do a little better job listening to okay. me. <laughs> well, we have a lot of uh, email about bacon. Good. People like bacon. Of People course. are interested How, in bacon. I don't trust you if you don't like bacon. Um, first of all, the aforementioned Alex with one X in St. Paul enclosed a uh, picture. It looks like a. It looks like a. What is this? Oscar Mayer bacon? Is that that? What that package is? But it's a game. It's a dice game called Macon Bacon. Are you familiar with this? A game called Macon yeah, Bacon. Macon um, Bacon is a decades-old game I played when we were young, which I notice now has a bacon-themed package. At least no one will feed it to the dog. And it's a, a for two to six players aged eight to adult, a delicious dice game for the whole family. And I, I clicked on the link, and it's a, it looks like a kind of a cross between Boggle and Yahtzee, maybe. But anyway, um, Alex wanted to add, while listening to our conversation about losing socks and the couch cushions, I couldn't help but nod. Our three kids lose lots of items that way, but the most surprising by far was, are you ready for this? Lost in the couch cushions? I'm ready. A trumpet. How do you lose it? Like an actual trumpet or well, a Well, let's see. Trumpet? We experienced quite a spirited few days when my 11-year-old couldn't find his instrument anywhere, searching indoors, outdoors, seemingly everywhere, even in spaces that a trumpet couldn't fit. And I, I relate to this because the other day I couldn't find my uh, phone, and twice I looked in the refrigerator. Well, that wouldn't be all that far no. off for you, but, but anyway. But right, Alex, three exasperated days into this, kids made a pillow for it and uncovered a trumpet having presumably been sat on who knows how many times that's pretty impressive that's uh, pretty impressive that's a pretty impressive couch today because I, I started to take some bring some of the um christmas decorations up from the basement and um one of the things i just wanted to see in our kitchen if there was a power outlet behind and above one, the cabinets. So in order for me to do that, I had to stand on a chair so I could stand on the counter so I could see the top of the cabinet and just to see if there was a power outlet out there. There was not. But there was an ice cream cone squishy. So one of our kids at some point, I don't know how they threw it, why they threw it, what, but must have thrown this up high, got caught, and they were afraid they would get in trouble and never asked any, either you... They didn't ask you or me to get it down. So anyway, I um, you know, who knows well, what you're going to find. In our, our youngest places. got a squishy ball at our toy store that we've talked about, Necker's, and she likes squeezing it. But then she would squeeze it so that both ends would pop out, and then she'd squeeze one of those ends into a smaller bubble. Yeah. And I could see this thing was going to rupture. And, and last night she squeezed it and made it, you know, made, sm- you know, squeezed it in different places, and one end was just popping out into a, the thinnest membrane of a bubble. And then I don't know what she thought was going to happen, but then she squeezed that little bubble between her fingers, and of course the thing popped in this this uh, slime. It? Uh, just oozed out of it's it like goo. toothpaste. Yeah, and uh, and she looked at me kind of shocked as if this thing she had purchased should naturally be, for like $3, should be indestructible. Right. And I said, well, what did you expect? I mean, your pop, the thing was translucent at this point, and you're popping it like a balloon. Was she, at this point, was she sad? Was she She was surprised? momentarily sad. She and then, and then And then she segued into kind of uh, feeling a little bit ripped off, I think. <laughs> That her $3 item had popped. It was not indestructible. But uh, continuing with the bacon theme, uh, Ed, our resident patent attorney in Maryland, I enjoyed your last podcast. I don't recall Rebecca ever being quite so agitated as when she was recounting Steve's bacon-related behavior. Baconic, baconian, 
Baconine. It reminded me of my favorite team ever, team name ever, the Macon Bacon, a college summer league team in Georgia with uh, a link to uh, their website. A close second, the Savannah Bananas of the Coastal Plain League. What is it about Georgia uh, baseball teams, the Savannah Bananas and oh, the I Macon Bacon. these are like G League teams. These are baseball teams. They're both baseball teams. Um, yeah, the Savannah, the Savannah Bananas uh, are uh, fairly uh, well known. He probably hasn't heard that agitation in my voice because that's been agitating me for a really long time, and that's the first time I've ever brought it up with you, the whole bacon thing. So that's probably why I sounded so agitated. But a lot of you... You're well, I brought it up. I brought it up last week. No, remember, I know. Remember to... to uh, you brought it up yeah. as a way of condemning me for hiding the bacon. Fortunately, we were able to bring it back to the real issue at hand. I love this email that came in from Ralph, just because this is all it says. Hi, Restiva. My only regret in life is that I have not eaten more bacon. I like it crisp, too. <sighs> keep, keep on cooking it the way you like. My only that's regret it. in life. Is that I've not eaten more bacon. God, how, how, what, I, a, what a, what a that's great, a great life. life. That is a great life. And, but it would be a much greater life had you eaten more bacon. Right. I like it crisp, too. Keep on cooking it the way you like. That's it. Surely that it's not too late. It's surely Ralph not too late to eat more. from Maryland would write in just to talk to us. But surely it's not too bacon. late to eat more bacon, right? I, I, I presume not. Dear Stephen Rebecca, this this one is this email is just headlined bacon exclamation mark. Okay, a greetings greetings from your resident bookseller in Iowa. First, Steve, I love Knights in White Castle. Thank you very much. Uh, this is from Annie in Iowa. Uh, it's now my new staff recommendation at the bookstore. Um, I had sold out all of our copies of Stingray Afternoons and had to order more and hope to do the same with this title. I love customers who are looking for something to read and ask my recommendation. This will happen more often now as the holidays are upon us. And I hope, uh, again, anybody who wants a signed copy of Knights in White Castle, send an email to uh, pod at gmail.com. It's easy to do. Um, Second, I was listening to your most recent episode on the drive home the other night. I couldn't believe that in a house with six people, one of them a growing boy, there was ever bacon left over. Well, there wouldn't be if Rebecca hadn't been hiding it, obviously. My husband Scott and I, Scott with one T, and I only have two children, and when they, they were growing up, I always cooked an entire pound of bacon, and there was never any left to hide in the vegetable drawer. I couldn't understand how you ever have any left over until Rebecca gave her directions for microwaving it. Ah, suddenly I understood. I never cook bacon any other way except in my mother's cast iron skillet. Mm. As it simmers, I sprinkle it with dry rub. Now picture this as kind of an ASMR uh, audio sound uh, delight for your ears, okay? As it simmers, I sprinkle it with dry rub. When it's done, there's a sweet, there's a little sweet, a little heat, and it's very crispy. The rule was that my husband Scott and son Zach could only take six pieces each until my daughter and I had our share. For my son's high school graduation, we had a family brunch. My son, Zach, asked if he could have his own pound of bacon that morning as a graduation present. His own pound of bacon. This is for high school graduation. Yes. He ate every last piece, much to my mother-in-law's horror. Last year, when Zach got married, I cooked most of the food for the rehearsal dinner. One of the appetizers were Zach's other favorite, bacon-wrapped breadsticks. Oh, mwah. Our kids like the bacon-wrapped Smokies. But I understand how in a household where you have to make breakfast for six people, microwaving it would save time and make it possible to have bacon every day. I only cooked it on Sundays and then not every week. But it is, after all, still bacon, and I cannot fault Steve for searching it out under the bell peppers and enjoying a slice or two. May I recommend bacon bits for Jesse's food and marital harmony? That's a great idea. That is Maybe a Maybe get idea. bacon bits? Huh? That is a great idea. P.S. Do you have a resident bacon expert? I do live in Iowa, and we grow a lot of bacon here, so we could add Annie as our resident bookseller and, and bacon expert. Um, 
but bacon but, strips for that makes that rem, bacon bits for Jesse. If we get like bacos, sprinkle it on our yeah, on our dog food. Can that's we do a that? Good idea. We can do that. My, uh, and that also reminds me that that remember the dog food because vintage bacon is one of our themes on this podcast uh, apparently now. But so are vintage dog food commercials. Right. Do you remember Began strips? Began? Began strips. B-E-G-G-I-N apostrophe. No. Began strips. No. Shaped like bacon. Looked like bacon. But they were some kind of uh, almost like fruit roll-up looking thing for and dogs. you only know it called, through commercials because yeah, you never Began had strips. a dog. Began strips. Yeah. Um, when, I, when we were kids, my mother only made bacon on Sundays as well. She also um, would make our Sunday breakfast. It was always fried eggs, bacon and fried eggs, and it, she would make it in the cast iron skillet. Um, it was the one time a week we would have it. And I do really like bacon that's been fried in a skillet. It just uh, is so messy and takes so long. But, um, but yeah, I do have a couple cast iron skillets. I remember our, I think it was our pediatrician at some point. Someone told us at some point that you know a lot of kids now can be um, a little low on iron. And one of the many reasons is that people don't ca- cook in their cast iron skillet anymore. And that when they did, some of that iron would get in the food. Um, I don't know how true that is. And, and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't our pediatrician who told us that. But it sounds like you it's possible iron, and interesting. The iron in your blood? Is actual iron? Well, the iron, it's some, yeah, there's iron in food. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I I mean, why are iron supplements not little bits of iron? I don't know. Maybe that whole thing is BS. I'll have to look it up. But it sounded interesting. I mean, perhaps, perhaps uh, one of our resident uh, physicians can inform us on that one um, so we don't have to Google it. Um, Oh, we have a uh, our our resident Australian okay, correspondent. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, all right. I, I've gone to the Google. Okay. Yes, cooking in a cast iron skillet can add significant amounts of iron to your food and into your body. In in addition to eating more iron rich foods like meats, beans, and spinach, cooking in a cast iron pot is an easy way to boost your iron intake. Iron is an essential nutrient. Blah blah blah. How about that? Well, so does this go. mean you'll start cooking in a cast iron skillet? Not bacon, but I might start cooking other stuff in there. Well, you use the cast iron skillet as a uh, like a, a Tom and Jerry cartoon yeah, that's housekeeper the, and brain me with that's it. That's my fear is that I might do something that um, irreparable that I would regret. Well, I think I think you should do it if only that you could, if only so you could be the lady in the commercial who you can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, mm-hmm. and never okay. never let me forget I'm a man because <laughs> I'm a woman, Anjoli. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I picked up your. Uh, Tall gown, ball gowns at the dry cleaners today. By the way, I hope so. Our our Australian correspondent weighs in from uh, from down under. Sweet. Uh, a couple of quick thoughts from your Australian correspondent writes Dane. Firstly, I don't think retired men with baseball caps in the rear windows of sedans is much of a thing in Australia. However, this came to mind this week in a shopping center car park when I spotted an elderly woman in a bright green hatchback. In her rear window was a carefully curated collection. <laughs> of bright green fluffy stuffed animals, that exact shade of the car she drove. I wish I'd been faster and taken a photo of this glorious green machine. I mean, that is a, that's a spectacular image. I just love the carefully curated, carefully curated collection of bright green fluffy stuffed animals. That's a lovely uh, sentence right it there, is. sentence fragment. Secondly, writes Dane, it dawned on me recently when I have been en- why I have been enjoying your podcast so much since discovering it. I love the fact that he didn't know why he was enjoying it for the first several <laughs> listens. A few episodes back, Steve made a couple of Seinfeld references, and I realized that your podcast is the podcast about nothing. 
I don't know if anyone has made the connection before, but Ball and Chain is surely a worthy descendant of the show about nothing. Wishing you both a fantastic Festivus. Regards, Dane. Thank you, Dane. That's uh, quite a compliment. Since Dane brought up the stuffed animals in the back of the car, um, I'll bring this up. Our, our dog likes to get stuffed animals. Some stuffed animals she likes to eat, rip out their eyes, just tear them apart. But for a long time, our son has a stuffed animal that he got years ago of an elephant, Elefante. And sometimes our dog would get in his room. And, would, and he and, didn't just get it. It, it. He got it in South Africa. Yeah, it was. I a, mean, it was a. It was a significant. It's not something he can go no, get off of he, Amazon. Yeah, I know. He loves. He loved the stuffed animal. And our dog sometimes would go get it, bring it downstairs, and um, and just like drop it in front of him or bring it to me. And she never was violent with it. She would just look like she. She knew that it meant something to him, so she was being playful with it. And you always and, told him, she's I, not going to be violent I always told him, she, she's not. Look at her. She takes good care of that. You know, we, we would try to keep her, the stuffed animal away from our dog just in case. But I said, I don't think anything's going to happen to it. Um, you know, she's just being playful. Everything's going to be okay. Well, maybe two days ago, um, our son on his device just sent me like an iMessage. And it just said... Um, Jesse's never gonna hurt Elefante, right? She's just being playful with it, right? <laughs> and the tone of his text, and then he sent me three pictures where the I could see the trunk had been ripped off, the eye had been ripped out, just poor Elefante had been destroyed, and I felt I so I didn't know he sent that text it. to you. Oh, you didn't? No. Um, if, let me find it, and then I can um, read it. Well, it was it was it was a horror show, and you've got to take Elefante to a seamstress and get. Him repair it as best as possible. This is what it says. He writes, I thought, quote, Jessie is just playing. She'll never hurt Elefante, unquote. And then he said, she ate his eye and trunk. And um, anyway, I have been on uh, Amazon and other places looking to we see if wanna, I can find anything that resembles Elefante. We don't want to replace Elefante. No, I mean, that's but, not a lesson to but teach. But no, I'm looking for parts oh, because Elefante needs a new eye. And um, I can fix her trunk a little bit but i was gonna see if i could at least get her a new eye so i feel terrible about this and these pictures he sent me are like from a crime lab it's horrible right. he and, needs um, trunk enhancement surgery <laughs> so anyway if anyone knows of a place that just sells stuffed animal parts <laughs> let me know okay a couple more uh gmails here before we wrap this up oh we talked about when when Jesse, the aforementioned Jesse, escaped yes, we did. recently while we were shooting B-roll. A couple of things on that. Our, our Hollywood correspondent was driving through Windsor the other day, and you might have seen me alone in my truck laughing almost nonstop for the first 20 minutes of last week's Ball and Chain. Um, if I were Rebecca, I'd surely be working on a plan to get Steve a bacon safe for Christmas. But the reason he writes is, sorry to hear your dog managed to escape while shooting B-roll, but B-roll is important. One of my many hats that may or may not end up in Steve's Band-Aid colored sedan has this little caption on the black, no blood, no B-roll. And then he, he encloses a link to a hilarious but uh, but not suitable for work uh, YouTube video about B-roll. Um, I think if you just rolled up, uh, looked up uh, B-roll, uh, you'd find it. But um, it's hilarious. It's, it's about all of the different B-rolls that you often see on your... TV news programs, like people walking, walking on the beach, people walking on the, the beach, um, yeah, like people, a, people, uh, uh, a depressed person putting his or her palm on the wall for some reason while right. looking uh, into the distance. Like, do you think people who aren't 
you know, have never been in television or, you know, have never seen, you know, the sausage being made. You think they notice when they're watching 60 minutes or whatever? Oh, there's the standard B-roll yeah. of the guy at the desk or, or, or there's or, or the always, person walking well, down the street. Whenever like, there's whenever there's uh, stories on the obesity epidemic, it's always people with their heads cut off. Right. Walking like in midtown Manhattan or something. Right. And uh, it, it, it's, it always looks exactly least, the same. But at least that's not staged B-roll. Like any time, you know, a news magazine or anything or ESPN or whatever, if they go to do an interview with someone, then they get the standard footage of them sitting and writing or sitting and reading or walking, well, if you're a writer, whatever, you're, which is all very staged. If you're a writer, you, you're asked to sit at the, at the laptop and type. Right. Just type, open a Word document and type some nonsense into yeah, it. Th- that's what they asked me to do the other day before they got the B-roll of you and me walking and Jesse escaping. They had me sit at the computer and so I just and open a file and I just started typing like this is absolutely absurd. I'm sitting at the desk for this B-roll footage. But you couldn't. It was from the of other course. side so you couldn't see what I was and, writing. Um, I was in- amusing myself. Well, uh, further towards Jesse escaping, a hello, Rebecca and Steve writes, TR, the critter sitter. Oh, hello, TR. Um, I listen with great amusement to your story of your dog escaping the driveway. Being your resident pet sitter, I can assure you that a lot of this was due to all of the excitement with your visitors being there. Probably true. Yeah. Case. Rebecca was talking about the dog not getting enough exercise because you don't walk her very often. Most dogs don't get a lot of exercise when they walk. It's more of a mental break from the boredom of being in the house. They sniff and sniff and sniff. So true with mm-hmm. Jesse, wouldn't you say? Yeah. They really don't walk too fast. It's good to have a combination of walking and playing in the backyard. But do not beat yourselves up over not walking the dog very often. I hope she has resigned herself to stay in her fence. The good news is she's probably only associates the driveway as an escape route. I was very upset. That's that's a good point. Yes. Because whenever we take for a walk, we exit through the not the through driveway. the gift shop. We exit through the driveway. Right, we take off the collar and exit through the driveway. But we should get a gift shop here, don't you think? Then we could always exit through the gift shop, like in every museum. Only if we can name it Denny's Curiosity Shop. That would be, we should have a, right in the front of our we house. We should have a ball and chain We should have shop. a gift shop. And we should make everybody exit through the gift shop. Any guests, any relatives, any family, <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner, you exit through the gift shop the, and uh, we the pressure FedEx them. guy, if he brings something to the door, okay. But pressure them to buy a mug or right. a, a trinket of some kind, maybe a keychain. All right. Oh, well, th- this is a uh, let's work on this idea. I was very ecstatic to hear that it was a quick happy ending and that she was corralled quickly. Happy Thanksgiving from TR the Critter Sitter, your resident pet sitter. Happy Thanksgiving to you, TR. I've got one here from Laura. We talked, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I think it was last week, about our um, fourth grader and doing <laughs> what I called making her love map and uh, where she had to inside a heart write all the things that she's thankful for. Yes. Well, Laura says, We knew it wasn't a love map, but we we couldn't think what it was. We couldn't think of what it was. And and Laura said, Hi, I'm a third grade teacher in Mansfield, Connecticut. Hello, Laura. And enjoy listening to the podcast on the way to work. I laughed yesterday when I heard you talking about the love maps. We call them heart maps. They're used to help brainstorm ideas for personal narratives. So, yes, of course, they're heart maps. They're not love maps. But um, from I now think of on, Neil Diamond, I will be think of it as a love map. Neil Diamond, Turn On Your Heart Map, the E.T. song. But I will always think of that song now as Turn On Your Love Map. Let it shine wherever you go. And and I like this, too, because this week, usually you read all of the uh, viewer mail. And uh, this week I'm reading a couple. And you handed me one to make sure that I read. You had read it through. And um, we've already talked earlier how you don't listen to me. You don't hear what I'm saying. You sometimes don't hear what you're saying. Um, and apparently you don't see what you're reading because you wanted me to read an email that was from someone about how to get a gift for the holidays for Christmas 
for a listener of the podcast. And if I had read this email, which I'm not going to on the air, it would have ruined that Christmas gift. You've already ruined somebody's birthday gift. Um, so in the next week or two, let's work on your, your listening skills and your, gift your, your reading comprehension skills. My gift spoiler? Yes. Okay, well, Greg in St. Louis writes, Good evening, Restivia. Not Restiva, but Restivia. I think we had a Restivia last But that was too. E-V-E-A, oh, which this, one is? this is E-V-I-A. Oh, okay. So this is, this is our marriage artificially sweetened by, by Stevia, which I love and our marriage could use. I received my copy of The Pint Man today. I'm very excited to read it. When I looked at the back cover picture, I saw that picture taken by you, that author photo. Mm-hmm. I saw that in the picture, Steve is wearing a NASA shirt, similar to what all the kids are wearing today. He's absolutely right. I'm wearing a red shirt. That says NASA on the... Do you still have that shirt? I, I don't, but I got that at NASA in Houston when you were playing for the Comets. Yeah. I had a bit of a laugh and thought, I wonder if he was the one who started that trend 10 years ago. I wonder if I was. Maybe you were. I probably, but you see that, that NASA stuff everywhere now. That that logo, they must have licensed in some way that it's it's everywhere. They licensed Target. it maybe to the same people that uh, Sports Illustrated licensed their name too. yes yes secondly i went up to green bay for my first ever packers game this week i have loved the packers for years and even more so once uh stan Kroenke, who also warns arsenal took the rams out of my hometown of st louis and i've never put hats in the back of my sedan before mine is metallic blue not band-aid color his sedan presumably i took the eight and a half hour drive up to green bay with two different packers hats in the back because i just wanted to be that guy <laughs> needless to say my wife was pretty embarrassed that i did it what guy do you want to be? I want to be that be, guy. This this whole thing came guy. up. This whole thing came up because I wanted to be that guy because I want to drive a band-aid colored sedan in my so dotage that's the guy and that have you want a, to be. an array of hats in in the window. Yes, absolutely. Greg, I applaud you. He's our resident soccer fan slash numbers guy, by the way. And uh, finally, from my end here, uh, Marty, Marty with a T I E. Oh, hey, Marty. We haven't heard from Marty We know Marty. Marty, your, your resident twin of our neighbor, uh, is hawking Steve's books from Minnetonka this morning. Marty has moved. My super fandom is at such a fevered pitch, I actually relocated to Minnesota this summer. Wasn't she in Virginia before? She was, and now she's in Minnesota. Uh, Marty. I mean, I, I, I could... Marty is the author, by the way, of My Kids Drank Pickle Juice, and um, I think we... Did we ever read an excerpt of that on the air? If not, we should, because it's many sim- experiences similar to ours. But uh, welcome, if, I, if I'm allowed to welcome you to Minnesota from Connecticut, Marty, then I'm welcoming you to Minnesota. We've got one here from Mary, and Mary from Southington, and she says, Thank you for reminding me that it's necessary to make time to read. Your challenge to bring a book propelled me to plow through some fantastic reads this summer, and I'm still going strong. Have you still been doing that, Steve? Absolutely, yes, yep, yep. I'm, I'm doing it. It's, uh, it's You're doing uh, it, doing it, and doing it well? Yes. Good. LL Cool J appreciates that. And then she said, when is Holly Rowe going to share out her findings from her close study of the Lin-Manuel Miranda? She never really did share with us details of her. I don't think we asked her. We talked about how she was on a plane and in first class, she was a row behind Lin, didn't speak to him, but did a very careful study of his We don't know what he snacked on or what he was reading or perhaps uh, how frequently he used the lavatory. She she noticed that he took his shoes off, but that he had very nice socks on, but... We forgot to ask her about that on the 100th episode, so that is one of many reasons we'll have Holly back on, or at least giving us a Holly Row minute so she can break that down for us. Anyway, Mary said uh, she can no longer wait to hear about that, so we're going to have to make you wait a little longer, and uh, Mary, thank you for continuing to listen from Southington. 
So this is from Dr. Gary Siegel. Uh, Dr. Siegel is recently back from a trip to New Orleans in Picayune, Mississippi, um, where he was there to help my son care for his 13-month-old daughter. His mom was away at a meeting. So instead of the movie Three Men and a Baby, it was two male obstetricians and a toddler. I'd, I'd pay to see that. Caring for a baby in the meticulous manner in which Steve keeps his half of the bedroom was a challenge indeed. Neither of us had the soothing voice of her mother, and I fully agree that Rebecca's voice is indeed a very soothing one. However, Steve, in your defense, Rebecca has a tough job keeping you on the straight and narrow pathway of proper childbearing techniques. Thus, I understand childbearing techniques. I think he means child-rearing techniques, I hope. Because I certainly I, don't, I don't, don't know the latest in childbearing techniques. I've never shared with you any of my childbearing techniques. No, you techniques. haven't. But, I, but now that I'm wearing your jumpers, I'd like to hear them. <laughs> Thus, I understand that her voice may not be as soothing to you as it is to the average viewer. Lastly, there's a link with Michael of New Jersey, the resident pooper scooper. I'm proud to report that I changed single-handedly to, parentheses, to, poop diapers without incident. First of all, I hope he didn't do them single-handedly. Exactly. That'd that be would very be difficult. very difficult. Uh, as a public service announcement to those who have yet to change such a diaper, I admonish you, never let go of the feet. <laughs> Warmly, Gary. Which, of course, is why you need both hands. Thank you, Dr. Siegel. Never change a diaper single-handedly. And on that note, happy Thanksgiving. Well, no? Happy well, Thanksgiving, no, we, I everyone? just have one last piece of house cleaning here. Um, uh, Tom of Tom, Dick, and Harry. Last week I mentioned that I was at Tom's with Harry in one of the three dicks. Oh, and right. Tom listened to that podcast and texted me that uh, the least I could do was mention that that third dick was named Jack and still remains Jack, presumably. So I was with uh, Tom, Harry, and Jack of Tom, Dick, and Harry. And for those who are able to follow along, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Steve. Happy Thanksgiving, Denny. Happy Thanksgiving, Tom Dick Hari. Happy Thanks. Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. We're giving thanks for um, for all of you out there, our resident residents. On that note, Tom Dick Hari. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity. To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane